Namaste. Today I have some very special guests. To my right is Nikunj Trivedi, the chairman of Hindu Students Council. To my left is Parth Parihar, the general secretary of Hindu Students Council. The HSC has about 50 chapters across North American universities. They are the apex body, the most important voice for young Hindus in this country and in Canada. I've known them for a couple of decades. I have been aligned with them for a long time. We do a lot of projects together. Nikunj in particular, Nikunj in particular we've gone back for a couple of decades yeah, now. Exactly. So today we are going to discuss the CNN documentary, which many Hindus find insulting, uh, which is supposed to be on uh, Hinduism and uh, uh, Varanasi, but turns out to be all kinds of other things, hidden agendas. So uh, what we decided is, uh, HSC has selected four or five clips uh, out of this. We will show you each clip followed by some discussion mm -hmm. in order that you know what we are talking about. And by the end of this uh, interaction with the CNN documentary, you will have a good idea of what the whole uh, issue is about. So uh, I request we let's put on the first, uh, first clip. I came to Varanasi, India to do a show about Hinduism. Okay. okay. So what do you think of that? What does that tell you? So uh, this clip is important because what it shows is that Reza Aslan came to Varanasi specifically to do a show on Hinduism and then it continues, it says reincarnation, karma, and then a very small sect called the Aghoris. So he claims in his uh, defense that he, this show is not about Hinduism, it's only about the Aghoris. However, it's very clear from this clip that it is a show about Hinduism. So the important point being this is how he introduces. Exactly. The introduction to the show claims that he's going to give you uh, something about Hinduism. So it's good, supposedly good classroom material That's to correct. show in schools uh, or to the general public who know nothing else about Hinduism. That's because correct. he's come to India to do a show on Hinduism. Now. Uh, the next clip will tell us what exactly he is going to show us. So That's let's right. hear, see the next clip, please. In Hinduism, there is a religiously defined social construct that essentially categorizes everyone in Indian society. This is called the caste system. But there is a sect of Hinduism called the Aghori, which, while technically 500 years old, is now trying to upend the caste system embedded in Hindu spirituality. In doing so, they are challenging the very fabric of Indian society. Hindus believe in reincarnation, the idea that after death we are reborn again and again. Each rebirth is determined by the karma that you accumulate from your previous life. Karma can be based on things like your words, thoughts, or deeds. But it can also be affected by Hindu notions of purity and pollution. If I achieve enough good karma, then my next birth will be higher than this one until finally I achieve liberation, moksha, from the cycle of birth and rebirth. But karma can work the other way too. And if I start accumulating bad karma, then I will have to pay the consequences of that in the next life. 
there's no such thing as hell in Hinduism, but there is something that's almost as bad. It could be reborn as an untouchable. The untouchables, also known as the Dalit, occupy the lowest level in India's caste system. The Brahmin are at the very top, the untouchables at the very bottom. Okay, so what do you think of that? So again, uh, first we talked about that this is not a show of Hinduism, which we showed that it is actually a show of Hinduism. And then he goes into this idea that he also defends that caste system is religiously sanctioned. It's actually what Hinduism really is. And then the next 30 seconds to a minute, he still goes into the definition of karma, he goes into reincarnation. However, all of that is looked through only one lens, the lens of the caste system. So as if karma boils down to a simple philosophy that because of karma you're in caste. Karma's uh, you know, metaphysical or other types of deep philosophical thoughts are not even brought up. Same thing with reincarnation. He goes into reincarnation saying, well, it's only as it applies to caste. So everything that he's talking about is caste, caste, and caste only. So Parth, what's your view? So I also think this clip is very important because it basically gives the one minute lowdown of how he's going to frame the agoris within Hinduism. So he basically frames the Aghori, the Aghora Sampradaya in this, in this clip as the unique tradition within Hinduism that is sort of combating the caste system. He also calls caste system, as Nikunj was alluding to, he uses the phrase spiritually embedded within Hindu spirituality itself. So I see a couple of points. One is uh, he frames the whole show as I'm teaching you Hinduism. Then he zooms in on, on caste as sort of the quintessential quality and characteristic of Hinduism not its uh, other metaphysics and its bhakti and all the other things it is about, uh, not all the things that the West is appropriating from it, That's and misappropriating from it, as, uh, including yoga and yoga. stuff like that, uh, but the caste system. And then he frames, zooms in further and frames the agoris as people who are fighting the caste system. So Hinduism is bad because of untouchability. Agoras are the voice that are going to fight it. So now we, the Christians, the Judeo-Christian, the Westerners, the secularists have a choice between this horrible Hinduism and the Aghoris. So let's get to know more about the Aghoris. That's, That's correct. Exactly. How, how he's exactly. framing it. Exactly. So, okay. So let's, uh, let's uh, watch the next clip, please. In India, it's good to be a Brahmin. They are at the top of the caste system, the closest to liberation, living what could be their final life on earth. What role does karma play in this attempt at liberation in the previous birth whatever you have done it has imprint in your mind you're unconscious and so karma accumulates and helps you on the path up in life after life birth after birth until you finally achieve liberation of course of course so if you are born in a lower caste how do you achieve karma how do you achieve liberation look the persons who are living on this earth, they are not equal. They are not equal. Okay, so what do you think of that? So the beginning of this clip is particularly problematic. He says that Brahmins are the ones who are sort of closest to liberation, closest to moksha. And within the Hindu tradition, of course, we know that moksha is available to everyone regardless of their birth. 
Um, he then, I think the end of the clip is also particularly problematic because he cuts off the sadhu when he's saying, not everyone is equal. We don't know what he was going to say after that. You know, equality has a lot of different parameters. You could be saying, you know, we don't all have the same abilities in life. We don't all have the same qualities. And not everybody is equal in the United States. I mean, yes. I'm not able to do what Donald Trump can do. Exactly. I Correct. Mean, so, you know. Yeah, no, so from the equality perspective, this is an excellent point that Parth brings up because now what you're saying is first, he talked about the caste system I was part of the Hindu tradition or Hinduism, right? That's what caste system is. Then now he's getting a religiously sanctioned uh, voice. So he's bringing in a Swamiji that says, well, not everyone is equal, and he cuts him off to, to corroborate what he earlier said, that, look, this is sanctioned by Hinduism. Here's a, here's a Swamiji who's sitting here and actually sanctioning, saying not everyone is equal, and he cuts him off right there. So, you know, unless you are really experienced in this Kurukshetra of how these things works and how there is subtle subtext and politics and agendas and how it's all done, you as a naive person, including a devout Hindu, would say, hey, you know, he's just telling you normal things. The point is that he's asking leading questions. He's spent yes. weeks and months uh, with large amount of budget to prepare for this. So what questions he'll ask are designed to get the answer he wants. And, he, and you know, for a 45-minute final thing, you shoot 20, 30 hours of footage typically, and yeah. then you clip out of it what fits your needs. So he's zooming in towards problematizing caste, particularly exactly. as the quintessential characteristic of Hinduism. That's wonderful. So should we go to the... What you and yeah, I, I want to make a, one more point. Is that now we think about a person's attention time span. Yeah. You know, typically a person doesn't watch too much. Uh, their attention time span has gone in seven to ten minutes in the first one. So now, so far, what have you learned in this, these few clips? Uh, I'm going to talk about Hinduism. Hinduism is nothing but caste system. And there are four words that come out besides Hinduism. Karma, reincarnation, moksha, and Dalit are four words that a typical American audience knows about Hindus. The misconceptions that Hinduism is all a bunch of caste, cows and curries as you say, and I'd like to add a fourth one, cannibalism. So Hinduism equals caste, cows, curry and cannibalism. And that's what you're starting to see in the first uh, few uh, minutes of this entire documentary. So now you already developed a mindset about what the documentary is going to be. Yeah, I just want to point out that for many weeks CNN was aggressively advertising this show called Believers. Yes. And in the headlines was cannibals. Right. The word cannibals was in their advertising all the time. So, you know, this, sens this is sensational. He's going to tell you about amazing, interesting, weird, fascinating religious cults all over the world. Yeah. Cannibals, wow, that's the opening, the first show. Yeah. So that's interesting also. So let's go on and watch the next clip that you selected. Yeah. He wants me to bathe in the water and then he wants me to drink it. And you may not know this about me, but I have, I'm like a germaphobe. I, this is, like, I don't want to be an American asshole or anything, but there is no way I am getting in this water. I mean, this is one of the most polluted bodies of water in the world. I mean, forget about, like, the ashes that are dumped in here. I actually have already seen three different cow carcasses. One I think was a cow carcass, it had a backbone. I couldn't even figure it out, floating in this water. Okay, so what do you think of this? This is the most disturbing clip for me, personally okay. speaking. Okay. Because number one, he's basically saying that the holiest water that Hindus consider is the most polluted water in the world, okay? 
let's not get into the details or the semantics about the pollution that is going on in Ganga and, the, and also the attempts by Hindus to clean the Ganga. Yes. Number one. Number two is uh, he uses profanity. Like, a, you know, he's showing that I'm like a typical American guy standing here. Not to sound too American, but he's sounding American. So it's like a, a weird language that he's using. He's showing dirty water in the background, uh, cow carcass flowing as if that's like a normal thing going on. He's showing dirty people, dirt all over the place. And essentially showing that Ganga, which he in the uh, clip after that shows that Ganga is one giant toilet. This is the word that he uses. So the holiest water that Hindus use for their uh, spiritual practices, bathing and stuff, is considered the most polluted and one giant toilet. This okay. is a big problem I have personally. So, Parth? I would also add on to that just to sort of elaborate on this point about not focusing on, say, the Indian government or organizations like the Gayatri Parivar, which have committed to cleaning the Ganga. It gives the impression that Hindus and Indians are not concerned about the pollution that happens and that Western interventionists, Western interlopers need to go and show us how to do it that Correct. we're not aware. And so, not only... Not only uh, Okay, one is who's solving the problem and cleaning the Ganga issue. But I would also point out that the Ganga for throughout its history, for a very long history, description of the Ganga by native people, by foreign visitors, Ch Chinese, all kinds of visitors, has been of a very pristine, beautiful, yeah. beautiful river. Yes. And the pollution is a product of modern industrial yes. society. So you could also attack modernity and the influence of westernization, a lopsided westernization. Uh, so you could say rather than traditional Hinduism, on the one hand you are attacking tradition like caste. Yes, that's right. On the other hand you are attacking modernity but without calling it modernity which is the pollution which yes. is pollution is not a traditional Hindu thing. No. No. So this whole business of industrial pollution uh, and urbanization which has nothing to do with Hinduism is also being blamed on Hinduism. That's I think correct. that's an important right. that point correct. to to, to make. Bottom line is everything that comes here that's dirty is all Hinduism. Well, what our problems are Hindus but, you know, we cannot call yoga Hindu. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, can, we cannot call no, that no. because that belongs to all of us. All of us, exactly. But we cannot call the meditation revolution Hindu. We're going to call it neuroscience no. or, or Christian-centering prayer and That's all correct. that stuff. But, you know, whatever we don't like, we're going to label it, brand it as yeah. Hindu. Everything that's dirty becomes Hindu. Yeah. Everything that's oppressive becomes Hindu. That's yeah. what we have seen so far in the clips. He could have shown the beautiful gods, which are very well photographed in the world. If you do a search on Varanasi gods, you'll find beautiful pictures taken by millions of photographers out there. But this guy decides to focus on some uh, garbage bags, some dirty kids you know, uh, swimming, or some dirty carcasses flowing. I mean, as if that's like the normal thing that you see, yeah. right. essentially. Excellent. Right. So let's move on to the uh, next clip, please. He's not polite with me, and he knows. Oh my goodness. That's not the agori that I was looking for.
Okay, so what do you think of that? This is incredibly disturbing. It's not only graphically disturbing, it's almost like soft porn on, on a national TV. But uh, now you're showing a very, very bizarre, out of the context uh, picture of Hinduism. That you came to see a ghori. Now you have a particular view. He says after this guy is done urinating and throwing urine around, he's saying, well, that's pretty much not the ghori that I was looking for. So he had a preconceived notion of what he's going to say. So Aghoris who are supposed to pen the caste system, become reformers, are supposed to be some kind of people out there that he already has a conception about. And this graphically, uh, the graphical image that he's showing here is a shock value that to a normal American Western audience was like, what the heck is going on on the camera? You're showing a, a Hindu uh, spiritual person urinating, throwing this. This is like the Temple of Doom uh, kind of flashbacks that people are getting. Now, this is what you will, people want. If they want to show a denigrated Hinduism, you're going to take this clip and broadcast it wide and show this is what Hinduism really is. Yeah, and just so. to sort of elaborate on that point, um, this is sort of his money shot, right? Yes. He uses this in his promos throughout. Um, and so I also think it's not uh, faithful to the Agora Sampradaya, right? You're getting some random Baba, uh, and then that Baba set be essentially becomes his guru. He says, chela banega kya on the beach. So this is sort of the distortion also of the Guru Shishya Parampara that we have within Hinduism um, that's sort of shown through this clip. Yeah, for Rajiv, let me ask you a question, Rajiv. Um, do you we know, have more clips? Or be yeah, we have another clip, one so maybe we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that this is kind of a pretty ridiculous thing to show because, you know, without the context, without the, I mean, it would be different if he had a show not on Hinduism, if he didn't introduce it like that. Right, if he exactly. said If he said the strangest, weirdest, uh, cults and organizations around the world and showed some Christian people doing weird yeah, things and exactly. lots of weird things happening of course. and some Muslim people and Buddhist, Buddhist people. I mean, you could go around and it has nothing to do with religion. You could find such people who are non-religious, no. who have nothing to do with their faith. If, if he had fit this in as one of many in that context, it would be a different matter. But he frames the whole thing right in the beginning that he's going to go to India, he's gone to India and he's going to tell us about Hinduism. Hinduism exactly. So this is his framing of Hinduism and hence suitable material, CNN sanctioned to be shown in schools all over the United States. That's correct. That is the game that concerns us. Yep. So let's see the final clip, please. Uh, so, okay, so we're done with the clips. Yes. So, okay, so let's, uh, uh, what are your general uh, views and what do you think people are s saying about this? So uh, I'll, I'll give you some uh, personal uh, uh, background. Uh, when I came, my first introduction to the United States was when I came here when I was 15 years old. Uh, I went to English class, and for entertainment, they were showing Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, there's a girl sitting in front of me. Uh, right when the scene of monkey brains comes, she turns around and she goes, do you eat monkey brains for lunch today? Uh, and I was like, what are you talking about? And I didn't, it didn't register to me. But since then, every single morning when that girl ran into me, her name was Jennifer, I still remember it very clearly, she would ask me every morning, did you have monkey brains for breakfast today? Then this continued on. So this is like a sort of bullying. I mean, I was strong enough to avoid that, but I'm sure many, many students, youth, whether you're in high school, whether you're in college, face this type of nonsense. And I have, I have a small, I have a six-year-old daughter. Uh, I don't want someone to ask her in the morning, "Hey, did you drink your milk out of the skull today?" Yeah. Or do you urinate on people yeah. when see, they come to your house? See, people don't realize that this is the age when you know people just take a few second clip and make it go viral that's correct that's, yes. that's what we're all about yes. that's right so people aren't it's, some people have written to me oh you've got to watch the whole thing and understand it analytically logically that's not how the human brain works if you are a lawyer 
uh, you know the importance in trial uh, to show some little glimpse of the other side which discredits them and the other lawyer will make sure that this is disallowed. This is, th this is why it's done because even though you look at the whole situation you might say well I just gave a little compromising data but the other guy knows that you put this poisonous uh, thing in the minds of the jury so they don't want it. That's, yes. that's exactly how that's a right. brand gets damaged. You show some damaging things. You show a Coca-Cola ad with some garbage in the neighborhood, Coca-Cola is not going to like it. So when you're talking about branding, when you're talking about uh, how the West brands itself, spends a lot of money to brand itself called soft power, and how devastating it is for other cultures, yes. then you can see the significance of this. Because obviously this is unfit for an introduction to Hinduism. Yes. Yes. Obviously it's unfit for young, young children in the United States, young white kids to, who have you know, Hindus sitting in the class to be, watched, to be shown this movie. It's unfit for that. That's correct. Okay. But it, it has been put out as a mainstream uh, thing on Hinduism by uh, CNN. And I think that's uh, irresponsible. Yeah, see Rajiji, a couple of things. Uh, one, we have already seen uh, teachers asking, yes. Uh, can we get a clip of this? Can we get this documentary to be shown in sixth grade? Sixth grade Hinduism or classes on ancient India. Okay? Or world so now, cultures. Or world cultures. Or, or pluralism. Yeah. Multiculturalism. Yeah. This is multiculturalism. Yeah. What an exotic culture you come from. Exactly. Uh, you, you, uh, Nikun, you're, you are coming from a very exotic culture. I was very fascinated by the yeah. naked sadhu running around yeah. and peeing on everybody. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's nice. I mean, this is the sort of usage. Uh, that they're setting us up. That's for correct, exactly. Because clips of this will go around here and there. Yeah. And if you want to bully a Hindu, this is a good material for you to do that. That's correct. Yeah. You're bullying of Hindus, uh, also not just happening in, in schools, but also outside. You may lead to racist attacks, it may lead to homophobic or uh, Hindu phobic attacks, saying, look at this white, uh, this brown guy sitting there, you know, look at his ancestors, they're peeing on people, dirty people, get out of the country. You know, that kind of a attitude starts to develop amongst people. Already yes. we have people saying, leave my country. That's correct. Yes. We are civilized, you are uncivilized. Yep. This yeah. sort of is putting uh, oil on fire. Yeah. yeah, this is a typical, like the whole idea of like white man's burden, you know, that the natives are uncivilized, dirty people, whether you're from Africa or you're from India or anywhere else, Latin America, you're an uncivilized native and it's my responsibility to show how uncivilized you are. And then it's, now it's my responsibility to reform you by either converting you, by feeding you all kinds of uh, Western stuff, anything that goes to destroy your culture and your tradition. Yeah, we saw the day this documentary came out, a man in, uh, in California, Hindu-American man, 41 years old, PhD, uh, he had a PhD, he was uh, verbally attacked in a parking lot and he sought help from the police and he was unable to get it. So we've seen these attacks happening increasingly over this past week, past two weeks, and so for a documentary like this to come out at such a sensitive time is, is really shocking. You know, and the strange thing is towards the end he sort of does it cover your ass thing yes, like saying, yes. oh, this is not typical Hinduism. This is like I frame you in court, yeah, I put all kinds of stuff on you, yeah. and then just to cover myself, say, oh, you know, this is not all there is about Nikun, he's also a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so but he just never elaborates on what is nice about Hinduism throughout this documentary. Exactly. 29 minutes approximately out of 41 minutes are spent on these horrible things that are cast weird cannibalism, uh, weird practices, dirty giant toilet Ganga, 29 out of 41 minutes. Now, if I was, and I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an academic or anything, but if I was a, just a regular person, if I'm watching 29 minutes out of a 41 minute documentary, that's a lot of garbage that I'm watching. 
and then for the last five, ten minutes, you're telling me good things, and you don't even talk about the solid good things, just generally, that now I will drink some water out of Ganga, now I feel a little bit better, oh, everybody should be happy, this is how the world is supposed to work, blah, 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 nonsense, after you just pummeled my entire tradition and culture out there. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think the redemption for CNN uh, is uh, asking them to ban it because they've already shown it. Right. I think the redemption is they should now give an equal amount of funding to a Hindu to do a depiction on Islam. Uh, what, right. what, what is Hindus, Hindu, what is a Hindu's experience, historical experience for 1200 years since the invasion of Islam, uh, in, uh, invasion of India by Islam and what all has happened, what all atrocities have happened. Look at a Hindu lens. Yep. I mean they should allow that and CNN would never allow that because this is the uh, Fareed Zakaria CNN influence. Right. Uh, you know this is, the CNN has become exceedingly pro-Islamic. Uh, uh, you know, and this is part of that. And it's supposed to be some leftist, liberal, you know, neutral kind of a news channel. And many, in many ways, it is. But uh, these kinds of things put in doubt their credentials as a truly neutral uh, organization. And that's really unfortunate because you know, people like us are kind of the liberal, not from a leftist mindset, but liberal, meaning Hinduism itself advocates a lot of, uh, you know, uh, thoughts that are very liberating, thoughts that are very uh, worldly. And, uh, you know, being like students and being young professionals, we are also like, you know, we, we don't have any problems with anybody in the world. Just let us live. Just respect our culture. We'll respect who you are. But when you start to see this, then you start to feel very disturbed because I used to watch CNN a lot. I used to be on the website. That's how I used to get my news from. Right. That's what a lot of young people get their news from. And when you start showing stuff like this, it just shows that this tradition that people are coming from is horrible. I wish they had gotten a proper scholar of Hinduism. I mean, the, the person who did this, Reza Aslan, is a, a, a professor yeah. of creative writing. He's yeah. not a professor of religion. He, he's very or, creative. Uh, I mean, uh, he's <laughs> very totally creative. very creative. Uh, he wrote a book on Jesus. Yeah. He, he was a Muslim who became Christian, then he again Back became to Muslim. Uh, he's a member of the American Academy of Religion. There's plenty of scholars of Hinduism who yep. are specialists in Hinduism who are accountable for, uh, for what they say. The CNN could have hired somebody else to do yeah. this, uh, to do a, a better and job. Not only that, Rajivji, okay, he didn't, they hired Reza Aslam because maybe he looks good, he talks nicely, okay. However, you should be interviewing people who are Hindu scholars. Having one small professor from Banaras Hindu University or one some small Swamiji, there are tons of high-profile, well-respected Swamiji's, spiritual leaders, teachers, gurus in India that you could go to in Kashi itself, in, in Varanasi itself you can go to and say, tell me a little bit more about the tradition. There are 23,000 temples in there, you know, very famous in Varanasi in alone. Varanasi alone. Yes. And uh, famous people like Tulsi Das, Kabir, Meera, uh, uh, Shushruta, who's Gautam a surgeon, Buddha. Gautam Buddha, all of these people have Guru come. Guru Nanak, the founder of Sikhism, uh, Sikhism. went there. Uh, uh, Shankaracharya established uh, the Shaivite tradition in Kashi himself. There's huge amount. Huen Sang, from China visited and described this place as a beautiful place with a lot of religious activity, a lot of scholars going there. Where is all that material? You know, why not talk about those things? Why not talk about the influence of Ganga in the entire Indian population? And you know, the thing I worry about is, I wonder, what was CNN's motive? What were they trying to do? Uh, if they were trying to explain Hinduism, they failed. Yes. If they were trying to show the world is one and there are many beautiful places in the world and we should appreciate them and have mutual respect, they failed. Yes. Uh, if they were trying to uh, create hatred, prejudice, uh, you know, suspicion, 
uh, towards your Hindu neighbor, then that is what it that truly is probably succeeded. the most likely yeah. thing that uh, went on here, which yes. which is uh, which is unfortunate. I want to say the following: there has been a lot of reaction to this uh, video, yep. to this documentary. Uh, what surprises me is that the Hindu American Foundation, which which raises a million dollars a year, the la richest Hindu uh, foundation in the United States, sucks in a lot of funding, uh, you know, for public relations. They don't have any much scholarship, but they have a lot of funding uh, for. Uh, they spend a lot of money on public relations. They came out with a mixed report on this. First of all, Reza Aslan, who produced this documentary, says that uh, he was been he's been supported by Hindu American Foundation that they actually supported this. Uh, when we put a lot of pressure on Hindu American Foundation that did you do your homework, why, why are you doing this? Because they've also supported in the past other things that Hindus find problematic and many Hindus have said they don't represent us properly. So then in defense, they came back with a statement sort of saying, no, 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 we didn't quite support him. Uh, so, but, but it's contradictory, it's sort of confusing. He says, uh, this is the HAF, Hindu American Foundation website statement. He says, we do not believe Aslan to be Hindu-phobic, okay, okay. But, but then they, to cover themselves, they say, we are deeply concerned that his program's erroneous depictions, misleading imagery, and unnecessarily provocative scenes could exacerbate Hindu-phobia. Well, if what he's doing uh, is misleading and imagery, erroneous, and all of that stuff, provocative, uh, then he's Hindu-phobic. Exactly. Okay, and then he says, uh, they also go on to say, uh, what he's showing very much feels like an insult to Hinduism, uh, uh, you know. So I don't understand why they're sucking up to him. I mean, they're, they're, they are, are they trying to cover themselves both ways? Maybe, maybe there's a grant from CNS coming. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's an academic uh, kind of an affinity that they are trying to always suck up to lots of people uh, because the PR, PR uh, mentality is to suck up to everybody. Uh, rather than take a strong principle stand. So I really don't understand where HEF is uh, coming from. Then they say it recognizes, it's almost like an apology, that the media thrives on being sensationalist and provocative. So the, the, very, the very goal of this type of infotainment is to shock rather than educate. It's almost like uh, they're they're saying like well, you know this is sort of okay because th yeah. this is how media is supposed it's to. It's normalizing. It's right. normalizing the yes. media. What do you think of this? Well, first of all, if this information is not Hindu phobia, then what is? Yes. I don't know what the definition of Hindu phobia then is. The guy says, Ganga is a, one giant toilet. Okay, he's showing a Baba urinating. You know, he's showing people eating brains, uh, parts of the brain. That's not Hindu phobia, then what else can it be Hindu phobia? And it doesn't matter which organization is trying to cover their rear ends. Whoever's trying to do that, they should be held accountable. Because if you think that this is not Hindu phobic, then you're not really defending or protecting Hindus. So no matter who you are, you are calling yourself the forefront organization that is voicing uh, their uh, displeasure for Hindus or standing up for Hindus. You're not, because you're not defending Hindu phobia itself. And you're saying this is really not Hindu phobia. This is xenophobia to the highest degree for Hindus. So your comment, final comments, and then we close. So I just want to say that not only were the depictions uh, within this documentary extremely problematic, as Nikunj, yourself, and I have brought out, but there were also you know, blatant falsehoods spread about Hinduism as it relates to the caste system. So you know, for a news organization like CNN, who will be taken with some credibility to put this out, it's really bad. It goes against journalistic ethics, and an ethics also that an academic should practice, like Reza Aslan. So I think this documentary was problematic on multiple fronts. So Rajiv, I have a question for you. Um, 
uh, people say, you know, in our, in our, in our groups and our, uh, our activists themselves sometimes say, you know, I watched this documentary, it's not really that problematic. You know, yeah, he has some disturbing scenes, but then he ends on like a high note where he's saying, oh, everyone should be happy, everyone should get along, this is the real message of Hinduism, yada, yada, yada. I just wanted to get some thoughts of yours, um, uh, what you think, how you have been seeing this. Well, uh, unfortunately, the vast majority of Hindus who go out and have a lot of opinions really have never gotten out of their comfort zone into the Kurukshetra to engage what is the bias like in schools, in colleges, in media, how it affects uh, mental health, how it affects uh, you know, the psychological uh, makeup of our children in this country, how there's a denial of our tradition. In other words, I've been writing for 25 years on this issue. And you know, you have to connect the dots. You cannot take something in isolation and say, okay, this won't cause us any harm. Of course, it's, it's causing us, any, uh, us harm. The reason blacks would complain if there were a stereotyping of blacks, you could also say, hey, it doesn't matter. The point is, they know it matters. Yes. Because, uh, the, the reason women would complain, if you had a whole CNN documentary which basically focused on women doing dishwashing and that sort of uh, the stereotype of what a woman's job is ought to be, that's the definition, of course women would complain. If, if gays were stereotyped that way, they would complain. If Hispanics, they would complain. Certainly, Islam would complain. Yes. Certainly, uh, if this were about Christians, they would complain. Now, I want you to know that CNN has another series in the second year on Jesus. Finding Jesus. Finding Jesus. That's all about the historicity of Jesus. They interview archaeologists who says, oh, I found this. This is proof. And they, uh, they interview some linguist and some historian yep. and they make it look like very intriguing, very complicated thing. But it's all heading towards, you know, the historicity of Jesus being uh, being established. Now, this is a liberal left wing channel, but it is look, finding Jesus. That is a major topic of their yeah. uh, in the second year. The equivalent would be if a very liberal left wing Indian channel said that you know the majority religion is Hinduism so we should have finding the historical Rama and it was a positive spin or with the finding the historical Krishna and interview all kinds of Hindu experts archaeologists linguists all kinds of people to show how over a period of time more and more data is being compiled exactly. so the there is an asymmetry here the, the the people on the Indian left who would support this sort of a thing uh, when it's done in the United States uh, and would support this uh, finding Jesus kind of a thing when it's done in the United States would have an exactly opposite stand towards Hinduism the way it's, it's portrayed in India. There's a kind of uh, duplicity there. That's right. So uh, with that, I think we will close. Thank you for watching. Uh, we, uh, please comment on the Facebook page where this is going live. Uh, we would love to have your comments. And, uh, I want you to say, uh, I want uh, uh, HSC to... Uh, Sure. I sure. want HSC to be back yes. for, for uh, more such shows. Yeah, and we'll also have, very much. Yeah, we also have an uh, announcement that uh, on Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. in New York, uh, in Manhattan, we will be holding a protest, a community protest. About 25 or more organizations are coming together to protest against the CNN documentary by the CNN's uh, offices in Manhattan, which is 10 Columbus Circle uh, in New York. On so, Saturday. yeah, we will be there, and we look forward to seeing the Hindu community there as well. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.